Oh god, I don't even know how to start. Hi guys, if you are still there, if any of you uh, have been willing to tolerate my absolute crappiness <laughs> for long enough to still be interested in hearing anything I have to say. I am, first of all, I want to apologise. I am so sorry that I um, did a podcast after being gone for the better part of a month and then disappeared for the better part of a month. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Look, time got away from... Look, I will explain where I've been. And it's not a good explanation. And I'll tell you up front, you're probably going to be like, wow, really? Um, maybe a select few of you will understand because you may have brains similar to me, but I, I, I don't have an excuse. You are right to be annoyed with me. But here goes. Uh, welcome back to Gifted Gasbag, the some very sporadic podcast where me, Mandy, talks for as long as I feel like it and just chats to you guys and keeps you company etc etc and so forth. So let's pick up where we left off. Um, I The last podcast I did I just had to go back and listen to it because it's been that long I don't remember anything that I had said uh, which is atrocious. So the last time we spoke I was on holiday uh, at the coast and it was bucketing rain and I think I pulled out my phone and started recording an episode for something to do after I realized how long it had been since I'd recorded an episode. Now, the reason I hadn't recorded up to that point was because I was suffering major work and just general life burnout and um, hadn't <laughs> I hadn't been posting TikToks. I hadn't really been doing much of anything, to be honest. And I was just desperately in need of a break. Um, so I am now back from said break. Um, my first week back at work was last week. <sighs> I'm already burnt out again, you guys. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how quickly that, that energy you build up from taking a break disappears? <laughs> it's, it's, a, I mean, it's, it's a combination of things. I think everyone's kind of in a crunch right now because we're, we've just, um, we're having a lot of short weeks. I mean, if, you know, public holidays, if you work in office work or anywhere where short weeks are actually a thing. Um, so there's the same amount of work with less days to work and, um, Right now, um, I'm sitting on my couch, it's 9.30 at night, and I just worked a 12-hour day to try and, and I still didn't get on top of the work I wanted to get on top of. So, um, the holiday feels very far away, long ago, in the long, long ago times, but um, I'm just trying to think, what did I get up to on my holiday? So that first week, I was up at the coast, and it was amazing, like I said, I did the escape room up there. I spent time with my brother and his fiance hung out with them, we went shopping, we went out to this amazing Brazilian barbecue place uh, on surfers. Um, every, I love, like I know it's a tourist trap, I know that it's kind of seedy and all that stuff. I'm a country town person and I still love it. I love Cavill Avenue. <laughs> There's just a lot of cool shit there. I like how close the beach is and I, I really like wandering around there. Um, at night, not super late, but you know, like during um, the weekends and stuff with the markets, it's just, it's kind of exciting and cool. I, I, I get a kick out of it. So um, every time I wander up and down Cavill Avenue, or I have done in the past, you can always smell something amazing cooking. And like, there's so many restaurants, it could be any one of the places, right? But near, there's a hotel, not a hotel, um, not a hotel. Um, there's a bar called The Avenue. And as you're walking past or near that bar, you can smell it. It smells like the most amazing barbecue. It comes from this Brazilian barbecue place that is like upstairs in one of like the little mini malls inside, you know. Uh, anyway, they took me there. It is 
it's an expensive place to eat. I will say, I think it was like $70. Some ridiculous amount. You know what? Worth every freaking penny. Um, it, It's an all you can eat. And it is wasted on someone that does not have five stomachs. Because they will just keep shoving food in front of you. Uh, and like my brother and his fiance bodybuild and train. And I tell you what, they can eat. Like it, people look at me and look at my brother and think, she's the eater. I'm not. I'm really not. <laughs> he he can put food away and he's a total foodie. Um, but yeah, like I tried to keep up and I just, I, I simply couldn't. Like your stomach can only fit so much food. You know what I'm talking about? And the amount of stuff they were bringing around and the variety of it, like he wanted to try everything, but it was just, oh, anyway, it was amazing. And I had a, I ordered, um, a, like, would you like a cocktail? I'm like, yes, I'm on holiday. It's a, it's a, you know, kind of special occasion. Wouldn't normal, normally order a cocktail, but let's go. And the menu had cocktails, but they were $20 each. And in my head, I'm like, eh, you know, you're on holiday. Maybe just like, just order one cocktail and it'll be a treat thing. So I ordered a, ordered a tequila sunrise and it came in a glass that was about four glasses worth. And I was like, oh, that's why it's $20. So I was relieved, but also smashed by the time we left the restaurant. <laughs> and then we went wandering around Cavill Avenue and um, hit up this mini mart that my brother loves because um, they live up there now. The, the mini mart there, it has all this like foreign candy and food and snacks and shit. So we hit that up. We had just eaten our body weight and food, but we're also like a bit tipsy. So we bought stupid amounts of like American candy. My brother bought like some ridiculous American cereal that was like cinnamon toast, white chalk, crunchy bit, honeycomb, cinnamon, double ridiculousness. He got that. I bought, God, what did I buy? Um, oh, I bought Takis because I'm obsessed with them. Takis, by the way, most amazing snack. They're spicy. That's the only thing. Like the, the, if you've ever had flaming hot Cheetos like that, but imagine um, a much more zesty barbecue-y taste and it's a corn chip that's like rolled up into a tube. Anyway, I bought Takis because they're really hard to come by and I love them. And then I got some ridiculous oh I got jelly bellies I got some ridiculous flavored M&Ms anyway we had we did that and then we like um, went for a drive it was great I had um had a lot of fun then we hit up a DFO um a day or two later I managed to do all that that day that I posted the podcast I went and hit Pacific Fair and I attacked <laughs> I've been to Pacific Fair by the way I think it used to be the biggest shopping center in Australia and it got um it got um, beaten by, I think, Westfield Chermside. Might be Australia Fair. Like one, anyway, some other shopping centre expanded and beat the record for biggest shopping centre in Australia. But previously, Pacific Fair was it. Like the biggest, you know, um, shopping complex in, in the country. So it's absolutely massive. I've been there twice. And every time I've been there, I've barely managed to like see a corner of it. Because it's just so big and it's not in like a block or a linear square. It's a heap of different sections and converging roads and avenues and laneways. And it, my goal was I want to hit every square. Like I want to see every part of Pacific Fair. And if it takes me a day, I'll do it. So I downloaded a map. <laughs> and I made it my mission. And I went to Pacific Fair. 
and about 16,000 steps later, I had walked the entire circuit of Pack Fair. Um, it took me from 8.30 in the morning, and yes, I did get there before the shops opened to kind of start my, my trek. Uh, it took me from 8.30 in the morning with shopping, with stopping for lunch, with wandering around um, and having a look inside, you know, different shops and, pl and places. It took me until 5.30 at 5.30? 5.30 in the afternoon to do an entire circuit of Pacific Fair. <laughs> worth it. It was so worth it. I didn't do a ton of shopping. I was mainly just looking around and like really checking it out. I'm such a freaking country person and I'm just like, ooh, my exciting thing was I went to the mall. Uh, <laughs> but I, yeah, anyway, I, I enjoyed it. It's something I like doing. And I like looking at like shops that sell weird shit and there's a few of those in there. Um, yeah. So I, I hit pack fair that day and then we went to dinner that night. And um, anyway, um, I did the beach and then I did, um, oh God, I, I sat in the spa for four straight hours and then realized the temperature of the spa was off and I had accidentally slightly cooked myself because I got out of the spa and I was red for a good three hours afterwards. Anyway, I'll stop rambling about the holiday, but I had a great time up at the coast and then I came home and I unpacked and had to immediately head out to my parents because it was my brother's birthday weekend. So I went out to my parents, we did my brother's birthday, we had like um, lunch at a lovely place um, and then sat in the park and kind of chatted and the kids played and it was, uh, it was lovely. And I actually got to, one of um, our friends had a baby recently and I was the baby person so I got to like... <laughs> Babies like me. I, I'm a warm body, which means I'm usually radiating heat. Um, I'm that person that's never cold in winter, but as always whinging in the summer because I'm always overheating. So I'm always warm and I pretty much am just a giant bouncy castle of a person that is very comfortable. I give good hugs, by the way, like I'm very squishy. So imagine like for a baby, that's a perfect person to sleep on, right? Um, yeah. And I, I've just, I've been... You know, I, I was like the oldest of my cousins, so I've always been good around kids. And yeah, I know how to hold a baby. I know how to put a baby to sleep. I know how to calm them. I know how to get them in a position where they're comfortable if they've got a bit of gas in the stomach, you know, the usual. So yeah, kid fell asleep on me and just crashed, <laughs> which was good. And it was lovely to get some bubba cuddles. I don't have kids of my own. Don't think I want kids. In fact, I'm positive I don't want kids of my own. But I do love, you know, it's not that I don't like kids. I just don't want to raise any or pass on any. I just, yeah, maybe it's because I think partly, um, if you, you were curious at all, I think it is partly because I was the oldest uh, of all of the cousins. I'm the oldest sibling. I did a lot of looking after kids as a kid. Uh, no, I wasn't, I was definitely not like some kids, you know, I know that that can be a form of child abuse, um, uh, where some children are forced to look after siblings and left alone with them and made to like, you know, be their caretakers. Want to make it clear that was not the situation. I definitely just felt like my brother was my responsibility, even though my parents could, were more than capable of taking care of him. I, I took it on a bit too much maybe I don't know anyway and then of course being the oldest um all, you know the younger cousins want to hang out with you and play with you all the time if there's a family get together it's you know maybe go play with the kids <laughs> so I've you know I spent a lot of my childhood around kids and helping other people out and looking after 
and value I think you know what it was I think I valued myself and, and still something I work on to this day I valued myself by what I could give others and if that was helping out with the kids if that was cooking food if that was cleaning something then I would do it and think that that meant I was a good person and that meant that I was valuable or worthwhile I now know that I am valuable and worthwhile simply because I exist and I don't need to do things for other people and overextend myself and push my own boundaries in order to do that. If you are someone that values yourself that way, please know you don't need to do any of that stuff in order to be worthwhile as a human being. We got deep there. All right. <laughs> How did we get to this? Honestly, that I'm, I'm starting to wonder if that should be the tagline of the podcast. How did we get onto that topic? <clears throat> all right so um did that yeah had the birthday weekend came back home and kind of because I had been running around a lot I sort of just went Ugh, I would like to do nothing at all and so I did I did absolutely nothing for the better part of a week um for most of actually probably from like Monday to Friday I did absolutely nothing I would get up I would um read a book and make like make like a brunch because I would wake up late I'd make like a breakfast slash lunch sit and read a book for a bit maybe do a tiny bit of absolutely necessary housework while avoiding everything else um I'd go shopping a little bit if I wanted to I'd go to the park I love going and getting nice coffee and just sitting in the park oh that's a good day right there um yeah and I just you know stuffed around on the internet watched some telly and um and then something else which I'll get into later uh but, <laughs> uh but yeah otherwise just kind of did a whole lot of nothing and then um before I went back to work I oh, I'm trying to think there was something that kept me up really late at night and I cannot remember what it was oh no no it's okay I know I know it ties into this whole me explaining a little bit of where I've been and why I've been absent for so long. So, <clears throat> um, do you guys recall, <laughs> if you don't, it's okay. Um, I think some of you have seen me talk about it on TikTok and I mentioned it in the last podcast, you know, like three weeks ago, three, four weeks ago, that I found a new TV show and I love it and it's wonderful. I need you to know how much I understated... <laughs> How much I am obsessed with this TV show. I'm going to preface this by saying you need to know this about me. I I, I talked. I said it in my TikTok. I don't know how to like things a normal amount. I don't understand how someone can watch a movie and go, yeah, that was actually really, really good. I really enjoyed it. And then stop thinking about it and just go on with their lives. How? <laughs> I don't. I don't have the capacity and is this because I'm potentially got a little bit of the tism? Probably, honestly, probably. Uh, is it a little bit of the, the 80 HDs? Do I have 80 of those HDs? Maybe? I don't know. <laughs> like it's really tough to get, you know, if you're not in crisis, it's tough to get appointments for shrinks and counsellors and di you know, psychologists, all that sort of stuff. And I'm still of the opinion that, like, I function fairly well. Well, maybe this maybe this past month is challenging that idea. Hmm. <laughs> we'll see. But um, I'm trying to think of a way to explain this to anyone that doesn't 
think this way. Basically, if I find something I like and I enjoy and makes, you know, gives that, um, that happy button in the brain a hit, I'm like the mouse slamming the button over and over again and starving to death because like if I've seen that experiment, they, they apparently put mice or rats in a cage and then there was like a, you know, the whole pleasure button or the food button or whatever. Um, it just gave, I think it was like the pleasure button that gave them like a jolt in the brain that like sent a happy signal to the brain. Uh, and they would press the button so often that they'd die of starvation because they'd forget to eat. That's me. I'm the rat in the cage that's just trying to hit the dopamine button over and over again because my brain craves the happy chemicals, right? <laughs> so when I find something that, that gives me that that hit of, ooh, I like this, this is making me happy, I I just want to keep engaging with it. I want to chase that sensation um, and chase that feeling. And I think everyone does that to a degree with some things. Like if you have a hobby you like, I guess, you're like, yeah, I like this. I just don't know how to, how to do it without also neglecting everything else in my life. Um, mm. And I want to, I, I will say like, don't worry about me. I'm okay. I'm taking care of myself. I'm fine. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> but I have been an unhealthy amount of obsessed with this show. Although what is actually unhealthy because my life and my health is not suffering, but I have been fixated for the better part of a month now on a TV show. <sighs> I, don't, I don't know how to explain. So here's, here's how it tends to manifest for those of you who don't hyperfixate or have special interest subjects. This is how it tends to manifest. Okay. So I, I find the, the show that I like, I watch the show or, or the movie or whatever it is. I tend to hyperfixate on like TV, movies, books. Um, uh, it might be like, oh, sometimes I, I did hyperfixate on a director once. I watched a movie I liked and then loved it to pieces and went, I now need to watch everything that director has ever made. So I did. Um, one time I found like a comic book I really liked. I was like, I now need to find every single issue of this, read all of them, find any interviews with the author. So I did that. Um, musicians or songs, musicals, like I tend to engage with all that kind of storytelling, music-y stuff. I get right into it. And especially like, to, yeah, TV and movies is one of those things. Like I like to know who write, who wrote something, who the cinematographer was, who the director is. I think I've talked about this before. Like I get, I dive pretty deep on when I like movies. I don't just watch things and enjoy them. I like dive deep on them. So I watched, this is how it manifested. I found out about this show because of, I think someone posted a trailer to Facebook or to Tumblr or maybe Twitter, but I saw the trailer and I went Taika Waititi. Sorry. Um, everyone keeps pronouncing his name wrong. Taika Waititi. No. Taika Waititi? Taika Waititi. Um, he, if you know who he is, he's like a New Zealand director, actor, writer. He's um pretty. He's won an Oscar for a movie. He's um he directed Thor Ragnarok. He's awesome. Love him. Um, so I, I already knew I liked the stuff he did, and I thought, oh, if he's involved with this, I want to check it out. And he's also really freaking funny. If you've ever seen him act, he um is a funny guy. And I was like, oh, if he's going to be in this, I'll check it out. I like the guy playing this main dude, the Steed Bonnet. I'll check it out. It's probably going to be a laugh. And then I forgot about it until I think someone posted like a gif of the show 
and it was um a gif of the two actors sword fighting like um you know uh sword fighting on deck and i was like oh the show must be out i'll go find it so i did i went uh, and i reactivated my binge account just to watch it because so i was like i'm happy to pay for one month just to watch this show also i think i was Oh, um, another favourite show of mine, Barry, is also coming back for another season. So um, I was like, well, yeah, it's almost around that time that that show I love is coming back. So I'll reactivate my binge, watch that, watch the new season, and then I can cancel it again. Uh, I started watching this show. There were eight episodes when I started, and I binged all of them in a row. And I sat back like, this is maybe one of my the, the my favourite things I've ever watched. I love it so much. <laughs> I just, it made my, I felt like my heart swelled in some places. I was laughing my ass off. I just really, really, it spoke to me. And I'm not saying that everyone would feel the same if they watched it, but it just, it's definitely struck a chord, by the way. The show is kind of creating a bit of um, a ripple amongst, like you can see it's been trending on Twitter ever since it finished. Um, it is the most in de I'll just like brag about the show for a minute. Our flag means death is the most in demand television show that exists right now. It's the most in demand streaming show that exists. It is even beating the new Marvel TV show on Disney plus, which is called moon Knight. I haven't watched it yet. I'm a bad fan. I will eventually watch it because I love Oscar Isaac and because I'm, I, I keep up with the Marvel stuff. So the fact that this little show with barely any <laughs> promotion is is beating a Marvel TV series is a very big deal. It's also beating out Euphoria and a heap of other very popular shows for in-demand streaming service shows. So um, it's it's found its audience and it's definitely found people that love it. Um, so, but yes, back to my experience of it. There were two episodes left to go. I thought the season had ended. I thought it was eight episodes long. So I'm like, oh, God, I'm, I can't believe where they left it. I'm desperate to see more of it. And I started looking it up online to see what are people saying about it. Are people watching this? Are people, like, seeing how amazing this is? Is it getting the recognition it deserves? And I checked out Twitter. I followed um, I followed Taika Waititi because I hadn't already, and I thought I really should. I followed Reese Darby. I followed the, the showrunner David Jenkins. And a couple of the other actors and thought, okay, I'll see what's happening with this and what's going on. And they put up the promo for the next two episodes um, a few days later. And I was like, oh, cool, the next two episodes are going to drop. I watched the next two episodes um, the night the episodes dropped on binge. <laughs> I will tell you, at a certain point, I paused the show and screamed because I was, like, very excited um, and surprised, pleasantly so, by the way the show went. If you've watched the show, by the way, episode nine, the beach scene, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, I just did not believe for a minute that a popular show would, would go there. And they did. And I'm so freaking excited and happy and proud. Um, so <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of whether I want to explain this in full detail or not. No, I'm just going to, okay, sorry. I'm just going to keep explaining um, the, the my experience of it. So yes, so watch the show, love the absolute shit out of the show. And that was the the diving into the deep end moment where I went straight back to like um, one of my favorite places. I love Tumblr. I know I'm 34 years old and that Tumblr is absolute insanity, but that's kind of what I love about it. It's It's just a place where a heap of anonymous people that are very passionate about certain subjects 
get in and discuss whatever it is they're obsessing over. It's it's made for people like me. <laughs> so I immediately like posted how much I love the show and like my reaction to it and like asking people what it, what did you think of this and what do you and what does everyone think is going to happen next season? I don't know what's going to happen. And I just started chatting with some people on there and we got right into the discourse and people started uploading videos of like um, interesting meta analysis into the show. And I like, I'm, I, I just eat it all up. Like, yes, please give me more of it. It's so good. <laughs> uh, that one of the problems that I'm having right now, and I'm, I'm, I check Twitter probably three times a day minimum to see whether or not they have renewed the show for a second season. And as of now, I'm pretty sure, I, I think I checked like three hours ago. As of now, they have not. There is no second season of the show. One has to assume that surely to God they're going to renew it. Because if they don't, I will cry. And I'm not being hyperbolic. I will cry because the show means a lot to me. And it means a lot to me not just because it's a good show that I like. I have heaps of shows that I like and that I really think are good shows. This show kind of kind of healed something um, in me. Oh, God, sorry. Okay, I'm back. I apologize. I didn't realize I hadn't muted my notifications. That was a snap from one of my friends who's actually a listener. So, hi. <laughs> um, okay, back to what I was saying. Um, I'm, I'm tiptoeing around this. And aren't I? You can sort of hear me. I'm tiptoeing around talking about this. And I shouldn't be. But I'm now 25 minutes deep into a podcast. And those of you that are still listening, you are clearly my ride and dies. You're the people who... <laughs> who really freaking um, hang out for me and I appreciate the shit out of you. So I'm just going to be honest now and hope that the people that um, potentially are not that down to clown um, for me uh, have, have tuned out by now. So here goes nothing. I am, um, I, you know, I, I like uh, men and women. I am bisexual, pansexual. Um, when I, I, I say bisexual because I think people understand what it means more than when you say pansexual, which invites questions, does not mean that if someone doesn't identify by either gender and is non-binary that I wouldn't um, be interested in them. It's just that I find it, it's, it's more of a shorthand to say bisexual, but I suppose technically I would be a pansexual person. If that is a problem for you, please unsubscribe and uh, have the life that you deserve. But <laughs> those of you that are still here, I think I may have mentioned it obliquely in some TikToks, and I've, I've definitely talked about it in lives before. If you're listening to this and you know me in real life, um, surprise. <laughs> I, if it is a surprise, wow, I've been doing a wonderful job of just being completely, completely dull. Um, not that I've been, I've, this is the thing, I've never tried to hide who I'm attracted to. It just doesn't come up because I'm not currently dating anyone or seeing anyone. In my past relationship, I was with a man. Um, I have been in relationships with women. Um, I have been in relationships with men and women. I've, um, yeah. So all that is to say, I identify as someone who is LGBT. And it is, I will say sometimes, you know, as much as I think anyone who is, is bi or is pan has had those moments where you're like, God, it would be easier to be gay. Not to belittle anyone else's situation or life. It's just that sometimes you can cop abuse from both sides because um, some say you're not straight enough and some say you're not gay enough. So <laughs> it's, it's tough to feel like you fit in. 
Um, it's that thing of like, can I go to a gay club or is that not like, am I allowed to, to be a part of this? Or do I feel like I'm just sort of excluded from both worlds? But uh, yeah, um, this is something, by the way, for again, I think some of you who listen to this are also people I work with. Some I have, I think maybe one person that I work with I've ever come out to. And it was um, to reassure them that uh, they were were safe in the workspace and that we were okay. But it's more just a case of I don't want to do, I, I, I've, it's not really come up and it's not that I'm ashamed of it. I 100% I'm not. Um, it's just, yeah, it's my private life, I guess. And it's not something I usually like to discuss. And why am I telling you this now? Well, because the reason this show, this Our Flag Means Death, and yes, I am. <laughs> this is the whole thing. The reason Our Flag Means Death is so important to me is because I watched it um, as I watch many shows thinking um, someone like me will never be represented in a TV show in any way that doesn't have them struggling to deal with abuse or struggling to deal with prejudice or um, as the token gay that swans in or as you know, like, you know what I mean? Or as, or as a, a woman bisexual or lesbian who's on screen because then she's going to kiss a girl and the guys will be like, oh, that's hot. I like this show. It, it, there's representation on TV and, and movies is getting better, getting slowly better and it gets better every day, but it's still pretty shit house <laughs> when it comes to just giving people and, 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 LGBT and queer people, giving them stories about themselves that don't have to do with the fact that they're gay and just depicting the struggle. Like the amount of times I've watched a movie and seen a character and gone, oh my God, it's a, it's a gay or it's a bi or it's a, a lesbian character it's, or a trans character. Oh my God, someone that I feel like I can connect to and I can connect to their story in a way that I can't connect to some other characters. And then you just watch them suffer or deal with abuse or their whole story centers around them trying to find acceptance. When that's all we ever see, it can feel like, it can feel like um, it's media telling you, you are different still, you know, you're still not normal. You're still not acceptable. We need to put you in this little separate category off to the side here because you are not the same as everyone else. And it, it can feel um, othering. Is that a word? You feel like you are the other. You are separate from. So when I started watching Our Flag Means Death, um, one of the main characters, uh, his name is Steed. He's the, the gentleman pirate. Seemed very, um, you know, he has effeminate traits, but he also has a very healthy masculinity where, you know, his, his masculinity, his manliness is never in question. And... Um, like, I think he gets called a fop, but by a character that you're meant to laugh at and think he's ridiculous, right? And I just, I really appreciated his kind of sensitive, caring sort of thing and that, that no one ever picked on him for being, like, girly or any of that shit. There was none of that toxic masculinity shit. And if there was, it immediately got dismissed or mocked. Like, you as the audience were meant to view anyone pushing this toxic masculinity as an idiot, as a moron, and dismiss them, you know? Same with um, if anyone in the show acts in a racist or hateful or sexist way, they're made out to be a mockery or a complete dickhead. And they usually, especially in the case of um, racists, they immediately cop a repercussion or a comeuppance, which I love. Um, so the representation in the show was already strong when I started watching it. And then, um, then there was a, 
like a, a, a reveal of a, a relationship on the show. And it was so not an issue. It was just like, oh, these two have hooked up. That's nice for them. No one cared. No one gave a shit. And it was played the way that any straight romance would be played. Where it's just like, oh, they're getting closer. Isn't that nice? None of this whole, but, but they're men. Or, but they're gay. Oh, that's so weird. That's so, like, none of that. It was, just was. And it was not a thing, even in the slightest. There was no struggle. There was no coming out. There was no inner turmoil. There was no self-hatred. It was just two people that liked each other. And I saw this and I was like, oh, that's so nice. This show, and it's it's two side characters, I will say. They're not, they were not the main characters. But I was like, that's so different from anything I've ever seen. That's kind of sweet. Um, I love that. All right, this show is like impressing the shit out of me. And then as I'm watching the show more, two of the main characters... Uh, I was like, wow, these, you know, these guys are so close. And in the past, when I have watched shows where there have been two female leads or two male leads, where they seem very close, like think Rizzoli and Isles, if you've ever seen that show, the two female leads of that show act like a married couple. They are each other's partner in life. They are each other's best friends. They may as well be a, a couple, the way that they behave and act and how close they are with each other. Everything down to romance, like everything except romance, because they have a mainstream audience and networks will not let them be together because they would alienate or they believe they would alienate straight people and Chinese audiences and, you know, anyone who's homophobic and they don't want to alienate anybody. So they just play it as ha 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 ha. Wouldn't it be funny if they were a couple? They're not, though. They're not like they're not like. Yes, they're sharing a bed and bickering, but it's because of a case. And, oh, my God, wouldn't it be funny? But they're not, though. They're not. And if you think they are, you're gross. And it's really, <laughs> it's really sad the amount of times I've seen fans ask legitimate questions of show writers, of directors, of producers saying things like, you know, hey, it really seems like these characters love and care about each other. Is there any possibility only to immediately get shut down or told they're being gross or weird? Where if, whereas if you're watching, say, any show with a male and female lead that act the exact same way around each other, and a fan was to ask, hey, is there any chance of a romance between these two? They'd be like, oh, you never know. You're just going to have to wait and see. You know, they may not have intended some characters to have chemistry, male and female characters to have chemistry, but the second they do, the writers and the, and the creators are all over it to like, oh, we're going to give the fans what they want and we'll get them together. Freaking Castle was a slow burn romance with those two leads. Bones, um, Moonlighting, fucking Buffy was in two different relationships with a male and female. Anytime there's a male and female in proximity and they have anything like any kind of chemistry, they've got to end up as a couple, Right. But if two women do for years on the same show, no, no, that's gross. Don't be gross. No one on this show is gay except this character off to the side that is very effeminate and helps them with their wardrobe. It's, yeah, it's, it can be very disheartening um, to constantly be reminded that you're not normal and you are not the mainstream and you are different to everyone else. Uh, the same for shows like... Um, uh, Sherlock, I'm sorry, John and Sherlock are as close to a married couple as I've ever seen. Um, Supernatural, Dean and Castiel, totally in love with each other. Um, in fact, by the way, spoiler for Supernatural if you've never finished it, skip ahead 30 seconds. 
Okay. Uh, Castiel does in the end declare that he was in love with Dean the whole time before dying. So, you know, ugh, I could, anyway, I could go on about this forever, but it, it's been a source of annoyance for me for years that watching shows and seeing myself, what I think might be me and, or, you know, someone I can connect to depicted on screen only to be told, no, don't be stupid. <laughs> You're being stupid. You are reading into it far too deeply. Wow. Why would you make it gross? And ugh. anyway, so I'm cut back to me watching our flag means death. I'm seeing these two characters develop a mutual respect and admiration for each other. They make each other laugh. They hype each other up. They're being really freaking sweet and cute together. And there is some <laughs> crazy fucking chemistry between the characters. But in my head, I've seen this before. You know, I know how this plays out. They're doing the bromance thing of like, you know, <laughs> um, you know, like, um, like the two cops on Hawaii Five-O, like fucking Sherlock and John, like all those characters. It's a bromance, bruh. Like they're just best mates. Why you got to make it weird? <laughs> and then in episode seven of the show, the characters have a moment with um, a canonically gay character watching them interact with each other while they're talking and kind of having like an interesting bickery, sweet conversation, um, like an old married couple. And a canonically gay character off to the side looks at them back and forth and goes like, holy shit, this is happening. And I paused the show and went, wait a second, it's, are they actually going to get together? Oh my God. No, 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 no. It's just that maybe, and I kept dismissing it away because I've been burned before. I was like, no, no, what's going to be happening here is that this character, because he's gay, of course thinks that these people are gay, but like they're not, they, yeah, no. Cause they, these are the two main characters of a TV show. They wouldn't, they, no, they wouldn't be gay. Well, Episode eight happened. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm like spoiling it. It, it. Please pause this, go watch the show uh, and come back to listen to it another day if you'd like, if you don't want it spoiled and you want it. But if any of what I've said has resonated with you, just just know it's it's amazing and you'll love it. Okay. Um, anyway, back to the, <laughs> back to the thing. Episode eight happened. In episode eight, uh, a friend of one of the main characters of, of Blackbeard comes back. Um, he like reunites with his old friend. And they like act like complete fuckhead idiots together, you know, as old sometimes guy friends tend to do. And then the um, his new friend, the gentleman pirate, sort of gets a moment to talk to him and just sort of says like, oh, you know, um, uh, you two are very similar. And then pretty much just confirms that the old friend of Blackbeard confirms they used to be together. They used to. Um, yeah. They were, they were ex-lovers and I fucking, my jaw hit the floor <laughs> and I real, that was the moment I realized, oh my God, I think they might actually be doing this because that's confirmation that we have that one of, you know, one half of this couple is LGBT and the other one seems intensely jealous and annoyed by this. Holy shit. Is this really happening? Am I watching a network, like, a, you know, HBO Max, but am I watching a big budget TV show comedy 
that is not marketed to a gay audience as a gay show, you know, with air quotes around it, like, hey, gay people, this show's for you, not the other straight shows, you leave them alone, you get this gay show over here. <laughs> is, is a mainstream show going to give us a same-sex romance with no fucking strings, with no drama, with no angst, with no self-loathing, where the, the central point of tension isn't that they're gay and that that's weird, you know? Are we really going to get this freaking romance? And <laughs> episode nine happened and I lost my fucking mind because they did it. And that was the moment I think a lot of people that are the same as me and sort of have, have had thought this for a long time watching a heap of media, we all collectively lost our fucking minds because it finally happened. A show didn't treat us like we were fucking idiots and gave us a romantic comedy between two people who <laughs> became friends, developed an attraction and then fell in love with each other with, and it was so fucking easy in the end that it almost has made me angry at every other piece of media <laughs> I've watched where they didn't do that, where um, God, I remember, uh, and I'm going to like d back dive into like some stuff that happened in fandoms and shit years ago. Like I've got years of this stuff stored up in my brain. Um, years ago, you know, like a, a fan asked the actor Jensen Ackles about Dean Winchester and said, Hey, I've, um, they said, I'm a bisexual person myself. And I've noticed, um, that potentially maybe Dean Winchester could also be, and Jensen Ackles, the actor shut down this fan, this younger girl, I believe. And just said, don't make it weird for everyone. Don't do that, please. Um, let's let's not, shall we? At the ev at the implication that he could even be attracted to anybody other than women, disgusted, immediately shut that shit down. Uh, only two years later, kind of do a U-turn and go, well, no, like someone could be in love with him. A guy could be in love with him, but he's straight and that's not how he feels. And... Ugh. And it's not that I'm like, he should have been gay. That's not the issue. The issue is like how, how disgusted they were at even the mere implication that that could be a thing, you know, <laughs> because honestly, what's wrong with that? Hearing that your whole, you know, watching fricking Sherlock and thinking John and Sherlock are a couple, um, a lot of the dialogue confirms that there's a mutual attraction and then it's when people ask them, hey, is, is it possible Sherlock might be just gay? Because John asked him if he was gay and he just said, well, women aren't my area. And that was the end of that. Uh, and I'm not kidding, by the way, look it up. Um, and uh, when John, I remember, this is, yeah, again, remember this, when John Watson says to Irene Adler, we're not a couple, like him, him and Sherlock are not a couple. She says, yes, you are. He says, who, who the hell knows about Sherlock Holmes? But if anyone out there still cares, I'm not actually gay. She looks at him and says, well, I am. Look at us both. And she, because she is attracted to Sherlock. And that's where they leave it. They leave that scene. Why include things like that? To imply that there may be an attraction or a romance or, you know, some LGBT representation only to then shut fans down and act like they're overreacting when they actually believe it. 
it's like this weird gay gaslighting that's been <laughs> that's been happening in TV shows for years. And I, I think I just never expected that any mainstream TV show would follow through and go, no, 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 that's the whole point of the show. This is a romance. Uh, and, and in the, the aftermath of the show finishing and, you know, like finishing the story, a lot of people, I've been talking for 44 minutes. Um, God bless those of you that are still hanging out here, <laughs> listening to me ramble about this. Um, I, I got, I hope so, some of you might be sitting there like, wow, I never thought of it that way, but it's, it's a whole different perspective on the things that you watch from. I love hearing about different readings of the same media, how two different people can watch the same show, read the same book, watch the same movie and get a completely different thing out of it than you might. Mm, yes. So, um, in, in, when the show finished, um, Around episode eight, nine is where the explosion online took place because people realized they weren't being messed with. This wasn't just a comedy with a ha-ha bromance. It's funny. It's almost like they're gay. It was a legitimate slow burn romance. <laughs> and they are gay. <laughs> and they were falling in love with each other. It wasn't jokes. It wasn't, you know, ha-ha, wouldn't it be funny if... And it just immediately I was like, oh, shit, that means everything I dismissed as being a joke was real. And I went back and immediately started watching the show from the beginning again. And I think a lot of people did the same thing. And then the showrunners, um, the actors and everyone started tweeting about how proud they were that, you know, like <sighs> there were reviews for the show coming out after the first four or five episodes where critics were saying like, oh, this is a really good show with a good, funny bromance in it. And then the creator tweeted, like, it's a, take out the B, it's a romance. I, I, this is literally a gay pirate rom-com. That, that was my pitch when I pitched the show. <laughs> um, yeah, like, dude, how, how are you not getting this? The actors are just like, it's, it's a romance, not a bromance. And if you don't like that, then you can fuck off. And I was like, oh my God, um, this, this is the, it's the complete opposite of anything we'd ever gotten before in terms of representation, in terms of being seen and actually getting a piece of media that, that tells us a story that we can connect with rather than, you know, like, for, and this sounds weird to say, but for once, it, not that straight people couldn't watch this show and enjoy it. Oh my God. It's so good. I've, I've watched it with my brother. I've watched it with my, um, his fiance. I've watched it with friends. They love it. I've recommended it to like some of my married friends and they love the show and they get right into it. It's not that, um, it's not that straight people can't enjoy the show. It's, it's one of those shows that it doesn't matter who you are. You could watch it and love it cause it's so good. It's that it was a piece of media that wasn't created trying to target the straight white audience, you know, like that, that segment of media that gets everything made for them or that segment of the audience that gets everything made for them. Um, they were just like, no, nah. <laughs> This, there's no reason to target and tell that story because people have been hearing those stories for years and years and years. We need perspectives from other people. Oh, anyway. So, yeah, it just kind of blew my mind. And all of a sudden, every other one of those shows I'd watched where I'd been, like, messed with or told that I was being ridiculous for thinking that there, there could possibly be a relationship there seemed like, wow, they really were just being shitty. And I didn't realize that it was even possible for a show to do something like this. And have it not even be a big deal. And it just makes me so happy. So uh, <laughs> there are three LGBT romances in this show. 
um, the main characters uh, and two side romances and a non-binary character in a pirate show, by the way, who everyone has absolutely no problem with switching to they, them pronouns and referring to them by their preferred name. I couldn't love this show more if I tried. So all of this is to say that is why my absolute obsession with this show <laughs> has not abated because it is on top of being an amazing show, having some of my most amazing actors. It is like a show that I feel like has healed some of my trauma <laughs> from never seeing myself represented on the screen up to this point. And I noticed that this is starting to happen where, and, and I, uh, Taika Waititi said, Taika Waititi said in an, uh, I'm, I'm going to be like trying to say his name properly because I respect the shit out of this man. Um, I saw him say in an interview, he's like, Hollywood has run out of ideas. We've heard the same story told a thousand times over and we're sick of it. Um, you know, people are not, networks can't work out why people aren't engaging with stories and engaging in people's, um, you know, like the, the same five stories you keep putting out over and over again. And he said, because people are ready for, for a new story. People are ready for something different. People are ready to hear from people that are different to themselves. I said, you, you give people who haven't had a chance to tell their story, a chance to tell theirs and audiences will flock to it because it's new and it's interesting and it's, a, it's escapism. And he's a hundred percent fucking right. Every movie he makes, every, every show he's involved with everything he writes. The idea is to tell a story from, from a perspective you've never heard before. Uh, he's also executive producer of Our Flag Means Death and he directed the first episode. So along with playing back Blackbeard and doing just an unfairly good job of acting in this show. <laughs> I did not realize how good an actor he was until watching this and he really is a good actor. Holy shit. So, um, yeah, all that is to say that my brain has just been, I would say a good 75% of my brain has just been occupied with this show. Uh, to the point I'm even writing fan fiction. <laughs> I'm going to pause for a minute and let that absorb for any of you still here 50 minutes in. We just hit the 50 minute mark. Yes. Because I was thinking about what could happen next season. And as I was thinking up ideas of what could happen and trying to, you know, going like, oh, I wonder where they're going to go from here because I can't wait to see where, where it goes. I started having scenes pop in my head. Now, I haven't written fan fiction since I was in my early 20s. And I wrote a fan fiction with a friend of mine who was already a fan fiction writer. And um, it's, God, it's probably long gone. I have no idea where it ended up. I don't know what account I posted it on. I'm definitely not going to tell you, even if I could remember. <laughs> but I just started writing down my ideas. And those ideas turned into me writing scenes and then I started connecting the scenes together and then a, a larger plot built. And now I have somewhere in the realm of 20,000 words um, <laughs> of a fan fiction I've been writing. I don't even know what my life is anymore at this point, but I tell you what, if, if there's something you're enjoying, I, I'm what I'm not going to do is apologize for enjoying something that's bringing me so much happiness. <laughs> and and giving me so much sort of serotonin so yeah that's where I've been that's what I've been preoccupied with I don't know when the brain rot is going to end because um you know what I think if they finally announce a season two I might be able to calm down 
a little bit and chill out. I have been watching other stuff in the meantime. I have stopped rewatching the show because I hit my limit of the amount of times I can rewatch it before I start to burn out on it. And I do not want to burn out on this show. So I've been trying not to watch any of it and trying to stay away from engaging with it. But I am checking every day to see if it's been renewed. And uh, just know that if you ever hear that the show's been renewed, I will be a very, 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 very happy person. So, <laughs> I what I wouldn't give to see some of your faces right now and know how, you, <laughs> how you're currently reacting to that. If you are still here, wow, um, you are a true ride or die. I think this might be one of the longest episodes I've ever done. Um, I'm going to title this just to like warn people <laughs> that this is going to be me rambling about a TV show for the better part of forever. I could talk about it for a month, but I won't. I will spare you that. Uh, <laughs> if any of you would, uh, I'd tell you what, if any of you are fans, you can email me and we can contribute, you know, um, ramble back and forth at each other further about the show. But I promise I am done talking about it for now. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, my email is giftedgasbag at gmail.com if you would like to drop me a line. I love that expression, by the way. Drop me a line. I don't even know what it means. Drop me a, drop me a line. As in, like, drop me a line of text? Like, send me a letter? Is that what that means? Because in my head, drop me a line had something to do with, like, connecting phones. In an ex Maybe, mm, I don't know. Like, you're on the line? Meaning you're on the air, meaning you're talking. Hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, I'm going to have to go Google that now. So <laughs> you can drop me a line at giftedgasbag at gmail.com if you want to uh, email me. I swear to God, if I see any of your emails just going like, hey, let's let's go nuts about this show, then I 100% will. Uh, if any of you just have anything you want to say or ask me, you know, I love getting messages from you guys and I look forward to them. So that's that, I guess. I hope this gigantic episode makes up for my absence. If you are not interested in anything I had to say for the last half an hour, then probably not. But I sure as shoot and tried. Uh, I hope you're all taking care of yourselves. I hope you are looking after each other, but making sure that you look after yourself first. Remember, you can't give from a cup that is already empty. And love you. Love you all. And I will talk to you next time. Bye.